is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit sovereigninsurance.ca to learn more. Diversify. Don't just put all your eggs in one export market, think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out. With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risk so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world. You're listening to The Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network where we help women entrepreneurs start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality even faster. This podcast is presented in partnership with Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. Make your way over to startupcan.ca forward slash podcasts to subscribe to the Thrive community. And subscribe to listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Finally, we'd love for you to rate this podcast and leave a review on iTunes for the chance to have it read on air. We want these shows to impact as many people as possible, and your reviews will help us get there. I'm your host, Gomal Minhas, founder of CoreSpace, your one-stop shop for all things work, wellness, and impact. Visit kaur.space to find out more. I'm also the producer of Dream Girl, the documentary film showcasing the lives of inspiring and ambitious female entrepreneurs that we premiered at the Obama White House. I'm so happy to be here today. Welcome to the show. I'm thrilled to have a special guest on the show today, Catherine DeCary. Catherine is the Senior Vice President of Channels and Marketing at Export Development Canada. Export Development Canada is Canada's export credit agency, and at the top of Catherine's to-do list each day is ensuring that EDC is serving Canadian companies and their evolving needs as they grow their businesses through exporting. From identifying opportunities for innovation to overseeing EDC's portfolio of Canadian small and medium-sized exporters, Catherine is an active player in elevating awareness of EDC by engaging with customers, banks, and partners to facilitate trade-related business opportunities. Catherine's mandate is to deliver on EDC's commitment to continuous development of knowledge products, online tools, programs, and customized assistance for current and future exports. Prior to joining EDC in 2011, Catherine has held numerous positions at EDC and has been a member of the executive team since 2013. Catherine is a lawyer by trade and has held numerous legal and human resource positions. 
Catherine holds a BA from Mount Allison University, an LLB from Queen's University, and is a graduate of the Senior Executive Program of Columbia University. Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, Catherine. Thank you. So I'd like to begin uh, just with your thoughts on what you want the entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs listening to our podcast today to take away from our conversation. Thanks very much for that. I, I would say there are actually three key things that I would love the women entrepreneurs listening to today's podcast to take away from our conversation. Those are that businesses benefit from selling outside of Canada, that EDC can help in that regard, and that lots of entrepreneurs are exporters and don't even realize it. And if you wouldn't mind, Kamal, perhaps I can just expand on those three points a little bit more. I guess on the first point, what I'd like to highlight is that businesses involved in trade actually have greater revenues. They find themselves being more sustainable, and they also drive greater innovation. So from our perspective, we'd really be encouraging all entrepreneurs to think about exporting. And I would certainly encourage all women entrepreneurs listening today to consider exporting if they aren't doing that already. On point number two, I would like to highlight that EDC has lots of solutions. We can provide information and insights on trade. We can help mitigate risks that you face when you trade. For example, ensuring against the risk of not being paid by your buyer. We can provide working capital. We can help you make connections to possible buyers outside of Canada. Like essentially, we have a very large toolkit and we can help both those who are directly selling outside of Canada as well as those who are selling to other companies who are then selling outside of Canada. So whether you're engaged in trade either directly or indirectly, check us out because we can probably help. And maybe just if I could on the third point, um, often business owners think that exporting is just for companies that make goods and then kind of ship them in boxes across the border. And we've met many women entrepreneurs who provide professional services. They sell ideas, advice, or they take care of a whole department of tasks. And whether they're offering logistics, technology services, or perhaps even digital marketing or design services, Women business owners sometimes don't see themselves as exporting or exporters, but they really are, even if they don't know it. I feel like I was one of those latter in my early entrepreneurial days, providing services <laughs> like globally in a lot of ways and not even realizing that that's what I was doing. So thank you for, for sharing that with us. Um, so in terms of the current Canadian landscape, what does it look like for entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs when it comes to exporting and international trade? Right. Well, as we all know, entrepreneurs are really at the heart of the Canadian economy, and Canada has a relatively small domestic population. So exploring new markets and growing beyond our borders has always been compelling for a country like Canada, which is as diverse as we are and as globally minded as we are. But the numbers are telling. Only about 16% of Canadian small to medium-sized businesses are owned by women. And of those SMEs, only 11% sell their goods and services outside of our borders. So I think we need to pause and think about that and think about what will it take to kickstart more engagement of women entrepreneurs, especially in exporting. Now, at the same time, women are actually creating almost half of all new Canadian businesses right now, and that's something that I find extremely encouraging. Globally, the truth is that there are vast opportunities for Canadian women to start and lead more high-growth businesses with national and global ambitions. And, and in, interestingly, an increasing number of services companies and small businesses are exporting today. So I think this is an opportunity when we look at that Canadian, that broader Canadian landscape for women to get more involved in business and then women who are in business to get more involved in trade. Mm -hmm. 
And do you notice, um, are there obstacles unique to women entrepreneurs when it comes to exporting? What kinds of barriers or challenges do women face specifically when going global? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. And and some people will say that they find that women entrepreneurs are more risk adverse than their male entrepreneur counterparts. I actually don't believe that that's the case. But I do believe, based on the experiences that we've had, that women entrepreneurs are looking at risk differently. They're looking at risk more holistically. So they tend to be more risk astute, I would say, as opposed to more risk averse. They want to understand the risks fully as well as the implications of taking those risks before acting. So, of course, it's important to be aware of risks, such as the risk of not getting paid and the impact that that could have on your business. Um, And that will help you as you have awareness of those risks to actually help you export, help you grow, and help you take your business to new markets with confidence. It can also be relatively simple to get the right protection put in place to help mitigate uh, those particular kinds of risks. But you did ask me what are the barriers, so I should actually get to answering your question. I would say that there are actually um, three uh, barriers that we have seen when we're dealing with women entrepreneurs uh, and perhaps their reluctance to get engaged in trade. So the first one actually is knowledge. The second is a lack of connections. And the third is access to financing and how women entrepreneurs are approaching financing and using finance. So again, maybe I could just dig down a little bit into, uh, into some of those uh, in a bit more detail. So on the knowledge side, I think for everyone, the fear of unknown can be debilitating, especially when it comes to exporting. So we need to know what are the business regulations in the target market. You know, who's your competition? How can you reach new customers? And if you don't have the proper knowledge and skills, that might render people um, kind of less confident in their capabilities to handle the risk and the unknowns, such as how to enter a different market effectively. The second challenge is connections. And women do sometimes lack the networks to help access potential customers, partners, and suppliers. At EDC, we actually have the business connections, the trade partners, and relationships with other women-focused organizations uh, to really help accelerate uh, those connections and those opportunities to connect to other organizations with similar interests that can help women through all stages of their export journey. And I would talk about financing. I would say that's the third challenge. Um, In our experience, women tend to shy away from taking on debt or leveraging debt as a tool to scale their business and grow it over time. So we've seen that women prefer to self-finance actually in their business, and this can actually severely hamper their growth potential uh, because they're not actually asking their bank or another financial institution um, for more growth capital to help accelerate more quickly. When they do take on debt, what we've seen is that uh, they won't ask for enough to manage their medium or long-term needs, Instead, what they'll do is just ask for what they need right now at the moment to kind of get to that next step or deal with that kind of next purchase order versus thinking kind of three purchase orders down the road. And they often pay that debt back really quickly. And this also limits their ability to scale their companies. So helping women entrepreneurs to understand how to leverage financing to expand their reach and their audience is really key. I think that your reframing of being risk averse to risk astute is so important. That's something that my brother often says to me when we're making financial decisions together, we, we do some business together. And he's always like, you're so risk averse. I'm like, no, I just have a lot of questions. And I think questions are good. So I'm going to now tell him next time. I'm actually just risk astute. Um, Absolutely. What I, my next question is in regards to um, 
the ecosystem or, or what's available uh, from yeah. EDC to support women in trade? Which tools, supports, and programs are in place um, by EDC to support women in trade? Can you tell us a little bit about them? Sure. So, I mean, EDC in general has lots of tools and lots of programs, and they range all the way from um, insurance programs to help ensure that you get paid, especially when you're dealing with a buyer in a foreign market that perhaps you haven't sold to in the past. Uh, We have other solutions like working capital solutions, and we have lots of knowledge and insights available about trade as well. But what we've done in particular to support uh, women exporters, women entrepreneurs, is to set up some very targeted programs. And we have some pretty bold goals. Uh, We started by earmarking $250 million towards the Women's Entrepreneurship Strategy. And that capacity, which is available on commercial terms to women entrepreneurs, really helps to ensure that women-owned and women-led businesses that export or have plans to export are aware of our services and they have access to our our financing and risk mitigation uh, products. Even though actually we earmarked that $250 million envelope, we actually facilitated nearly $400 million in business for women-owned and women-led businesses last year, far exceeded the ambition that we had set out uh, to achieve. And I'm really proud of that accomplishment. To me, it indicates that there's a really strong appetite for more women-owned businesses to take on the world. And then Recently, we actually announced alongside with our minister, uh, Minister Jim Carr, Minister of International Trade Diversification, a new program. It's a $50 million Women in Trade Investments Program. And through that program, we're looking to provide equity capital, and that is specifically designed to help high-growth Canadian women entrepreneurs. So we feel that that commitment really complements the other solutions that we've put in place to help women-led businesses to engage in export. The other thing I would say is that we work really closely with other key partners to try to collectively leverage our strengths and really enhance um, the overall strength and resilience of the broader trade ecosystem that works to support Canadian women entrepreneurs. And uh, some of those uh, include organizations like the Trade Accelerator Program, the Accelerated Growth Service, and the International Trade Training Program. And then within EDC, maybe I could just add that we've actually been organizing ourselves differently as well. And so we've developed what we call a squad or a team of champions across Canada, and they're proactively looking to connect with more women entrepreneurs so that we can be a resource and support for their global growth goals. And that squad is led by my colleague, Jennifer Cook, and I think she's actually spoken on this podcast in the past. Yes, we had a great conversation uh, a few months ago. (laughs) Um, I will be looking out for the squad uh, here in Ottawa. (laughs) Terrific. Um, So how does EDC support not only women entrepreneurs to go global, but all Canadian entrepreneurs? And why is this so important for entrepreneurship in Canada? Yeah, so I mean, we've talked a little bit about mitigating risk in the past couple of answers, I guess. So maybe what I could focus on at this point is um, another key um, approach that we have to support entrepreneurs generally, which is really providing access to capital, right? Um, So in today's competitive global market, if companies have international customers, they actually need to have readily available access to export financing so they can fill orders, they can open a foreign office, or even provide financing options to their customers outside of Canada. So we've got a bunch of solutions that we provide to Canadian companies, to entrepreneurs in that regard. And we will often work with their banks 
to be able to either get the bank more comfortable to support that particular uh, trade finance um, initiative, or perhaps to allow that bank to provide more capacity to their customer. So, I mean, maybe I could provide an example just to, to illustrate that. And um, the one I was thinking of is actually about a woman entrepreneur, although I know you're asking me generally about <laughs> entrepreneurs. Um, and this is about a woman who at a very young age, actually, she was still in school. Her name is Tara Bosch. And she set out to create a low sugar, guilt-free and healthy candy, which today she's turned into a multi-million dollar company. And it's called Smart Sweets. I don't know if you've seen those in your, in your local store. I have, yes. Yes. And have you tasted them? They are delicious. <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, Tara's business was no different than many other startups. She really needed help to turn her idea, which was a spectacular idea, into a practical and growing business. And she got her family and friends on board to give her an initial investment of $15,000. But the banks that she approached were pretty cautious. And what they were looking for, and this is the same often with banks, is they wanted to see multiple years of financials, which she just didn't have at that point in time. So she turned to EDC for help. And she had purchase orders in hand from some major retailers in the U.S., but she really needed access to working capital so she could fill those work orders. So what we did was we partnered with a Canadian financial institution. We were able to provide a loan guarantee to her bank, and that helped Smart Suites establish a bank line. It allowed her to fill the orders, and then, of course, she could continue to scale up the business. And really, that started to set her up for significant growth. And when I say significant growth, we're talking about double and even triple-digit annual uh, sales growth. So now, Smart Suites is really an industry leader, super strong financials, and a fast-growing distribution chain. Of course, banks are all happy to support her now, but there was some reluctance earlier on in her early days when she had a great idea, some purchase orders, but not really much else already established in her business. And I think the important thing is we've been around helping Canadian companies for 75 years as they trade around the world. We've learned a lot in that time. So in addition to all of those risk mitigation and kind of financing solutions, what we started to do in the past couple of years is to take all that knowledge that we've gained from supporting trade for 75 years and to package that up and to make those insights more available and more accessible to Canadian companies, especially SMEs. So really, if we're thinking about, you know, any entrepreneur out there who's looking to get started, looking for some insights, looking for some guidance, what I would encourage them to do is to go online to www.edc.ca and to sign on for what we call a My EDC account. And then using that account, they can actually access a ton of information that will provide insights into markets around the world and on a whole host of issues related to trade. So as I said earlier, like the toolbox is pretty vast and um, we help Canadian companies of all sizes. That's incredible. And I appreciate that tangible example of, of how this can completely change the resources that our EDC provides can completely change the trajectory of a business. Absolutely. Um, so my last question for you that I ask all my guests is, what is mm -hmm. your advice to fellow women and female entrepreneurs so we can thrive in our lives and in our businesses? Yeah, great question. And I have to confess, I'm not an entrepreneur, um, but obviously I've had um, you know many, many years of a career, and I, I would say a fairly 
successful career as well. So in terms of thinking about those professional experiences, I guess the advice I would have is to take chances. So in my own career experience, every time that I have grown substantially, it has been when I took a chance and I tried on a new opportunity. And yes, those are scary. They absolutely are. But I would advocate that if you aren't a bit scared in terms of the challenge that you're taking on, then you probably aren't personally taking enough risk and you're probably not challenging yourself enough and therefore not growing and certainly not growing at the pace or with the acceleration that you could be, whether that's your own personal career or whether that's with respect to your business. And I would also add that I think we tend to make assumptions. We make assumptions that if I take this risk in my business or I go down this path professionally, that this is what the outcome is going to be. And often that assumption that we make is quite a negative one. And and we actually don't know that it's going to be negative. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. We just make that assumption and and it's negative. And that creates more fear, which I think holds us back even further. But the truth is we don't actually know what's going to happen when we walk down a particular path. So what about if we let go of that negative assumption, if we welcomed the experience and we trusted that we would have the ability or that we'd find the help to deal with the challenges as they come up and that the outcome of walking down that path could be something quite beneficial. And so that's really the, um, the advice that I would offer. And maybe I can, again, drop back to a story if, if that helps come out to maybe add a bit more color to it. I can recall years ago in my career when I knew I was at the point of taking a very significant step in terms of moving from one level to another very senior level in my career. And quite frankly, I was really scared of taking that step. And it was because I had made assumptions about what it would be like and what I would have to personally give up to be successful at that level in my career. And that fear was starting to paralyze me in terms of not being able to consider the opportunity. And I was actually prepared to walk away from it. And I was working with a coach at the time. And she said to me, what if instead of assuming that this is the outcome that you're going to get, you look at the opportunity in front of you like a fan that's unfolding. And each kind of element of the fan, each kind of, I don't know what you call those, are they like branches of a fan or kind of... um, you know, pieces of the fan as they, as they unfold, they're like a different door, they're different colors, they're different shapes. And you just don't actually know as you open the fan what you're going to get and which door you're going to choose to go through and what's going to be on the other side. But if you could give yourself the freedom of thinking about it as a range of opportunities, a range of possibilities, instead of convincing yourself there was some negative outcome and some negative impact that was going to impact you in a way that you weren't comfortable with, you'll stop limiting yourself in terms of your future opportunities. And that was great advice. And I will never forget that particular story. Mm. And I assume you took the leap. I did take the leap. And since then, I've (laughs) taken two more leaps. Mm. And every time the fears that you had, they didn't manifest, did they? Or didn't show up in that way? They did not show up the way that I thought they would. That's not to say there aren't challenges along the way, um, but the the fears in particular that I thought would materialize did not. And I never could have imagined taking myself back, you know, three, four, five, six, seven years. I never could have imagined the opportunities that would have been put in front of me by walking through that first door. And I have absolutely loved the experiences that I've had in my career and I've grown and learned in every single one of them. But you do have to let go of that fear 
to allow yourself to move forward. And I think, although in my case, it was about career progression, I think the same holds true for entrepreneurs, that there sometimes is a fear that holds people back. And I think the really important message is that we understand those fears, especially when they relate to doing business internationally, because let's face it, it is a volatile world right now. But EDC has been here for 75 years, helping companies do exactly that. Identify those risks, take on those risks, help you mitigate those risks so that you and your business can take on the world and grow and prosper. Thank you so much, Catherine, for your time and for joining us on the show today. Uh, We so appreciate it and all of EDC's contributions with Startup Canada and the Thrive Podcast. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC and Scotiabank for helping us elevate women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook resources for women entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rivers Corbett. Make sure to visit CoreSpace, K-A-U-R dot space, to learn to better integrate work, wellness, and impact into your everyday life. Until next time, I'm Gomal Minhas. It's time to thrive.